0: Welcome to Season 2 of Coastal Currents with Aaron Reed. This season is dedicated to interviews with mayoral and city council candidates running for the city of Powell River within the Cothed region during the 2022 municipal election. Here's your host, Aaron Reed.
1: Welcome to Coastal Currents. I'm your host, Aaron Reed. Today we have the first in our election series covering the 2022 municipal election campaign here in Powell River. My first guest is Mr. Glenn Holstein, and here is what Glenn submitted for his write-up. I am running for a third time in 11 years. 2011, I ran for a council seat. 2018, I ran for mayor. My main concern for this city is a new emergency services building that is 26 years overdue. The current fire hall was a temporary building that was highly recommended for replacement in 1996. A seismic event would cause a structure failure, which would be catastrophic for our emergency services response. The ambulance station is also in a compromised state. Waterworks and city plumbing is in dire straits. Basically, our city requires upgrades that are non-negotiable. They're of an utmost importance and necessity for the basic needs of our community. Elder care in hospice is needing a very large undertaking of support so that our city is readily prepared for our aging population. City name change has to be more debated, and compromise on all sides is required for a fair and diplomatic outcome in our democratic process. Please join me in welcoming Mr. Glenn Holstein. Welcome Glenn Holstein to the Mm, podcast. That's correct. Thank you. No problem. So let's start, maybe tell me a little bit about yourself. Where did you grow up and...
0: Well, I grew up between Powell River and uh, Squamish. My first time in Powell River was actually Lund, uh, 1976. Uh, I built a house with my parents. My father was a faller, so uh, he bought some property on Seville Island. It's just in, fin- in the Finn Bay area. Okay. And uh, it took two years to build the place. So I went to school in Squamish, but um, I spent a lot of my time in, in Lund and okay. uh, also Powell River as well. But uh, there's definitely um, a big history that goes back all the way from there to, to now. The full spectrum of time that I've spent here has been uh, my, fir- like, my first job was with uh, Skip Fair in Lund, uh, working for the Lund water taxi. And oh, okay. I, I lived with the Fair family basically for a couple of years when I was a teenager. Off and on, my parents, uh, we, we lost a brother uh older brother when uh, I was 11 years old so my parents tended to travel a lot after that and I was the youngest in my family so we I ended up coming up with my older older sister Janice and Roy Johnson was uh he grew up in Paul River and we, that's how we got established in Lund. that's how I met the Fair family okay. so so I sort of was adopted by them basically for a little while I had quite a quite a wonderful experience with them that's how it all started. And I went from there back and forth, Squamish, Powell River, went back to Squamish, worked in the uh, forest industry there, became a forestry engineer after working on the water for many years. It just uh, started a family there with uh, my first marriage, brought up two children, got into um, a lot of different capacities in, in, in Squamish, and then decided to move to, to Powell River after... Uh, after divorce and all that stuff, and sold my house there. And I've lived here for, oh my goodness, since 1999, basically, uh, full-time.
1: What neighborhood do you live in?
0: I live in uh, Grief Point, just across from the Pacific Point Market. I've got my Master's 60-ton tugboat captain certification, and I've been uh, utilizing that. Just went to school and got that just a, a few years ago since I went ran for mayor in 2018 i've attained that since then i was in the middle of it at that time but um
1: wow that's a lot at one time
0: (laughs) yeah yeah and i'm also a marriage commissioner so i've done at this point in time that's where i'm at um i've i'm working uh part-time with bc Ferries right now actually they asked me to step in with them and so i've been with them in march since march just as a on-call basis type thing but uh as Getting into a council situation it, that would change my uh, my work situation big time as far as uh, focusing 100 into the as a counselor. Okay, you know
1: that's good to know. Yeah. And uh, what made you decide to come back to Powell River then?
0: Powell River's always been at the bottom, like in my heart. I've always loved Powell River. It's always been there. Um, in my youth, uh, growing up, my you know your younger years are. Uh, your development years right yeah so the the experience that i had working and living here uh, and the just the nature of the place gave me a feeling that i have always that i always wanted to come back and and stay once that eventually during the course of my life and i was lucky enough to uh, make that decision to to get here at that time and it's been uh, 22 years now that it's been pretty much full on. But before then, but from 1976 up to 2000, I was definitely here, like um, not living here 100%, but um, my family, and my parents moved up here in 1995 from Squamish, but they had a home here in, in Lund from 1976.
1: It's just always kind of felt like home, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, I
0: used to, when I was a teenager, I used to hitchhike up here. I, oh, you know, I, I had friends that hang out outside the high school, get in trouble, that sort of thing. I'd take a Friday off school in Squamish and then come up here and hang out with my buddies. So <laughs> I had more friends here. I had, I had a group of friends in Squamish and a group of friends in Powell River. It was quite a a busy, I was a busy teenager. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, to say the least.
1: <laughs> so what made you decide to live in Grief Point?
0: We decided to move there just due to the circumstances of uh, availability for Home okay. home availability, and uh, the area is really beautiful, actually. yeah, previous to that we we lived up on hazelton street it's a it's a nice area to be in, but um it's always we've always lived in the city city limits uh, since uh, well since I met my wife Bev, we've been together since two thousand and five. that's my second marriage and final and sometimes <laughs> it takes a second time around to to uh, make it work. Properly, and that's exactly what happened. We've got five children. I've got two blood kids and uh, three step, but they're all, they're all my kids. They're all your kids. Yeah, yeah.
1: that's yeah. great. So, what are your favorite places to spend time in in the city?
0: In Pell River? Yes. Oh, my goodness. Uh, the recreation complex is 100%. I've, I've uh, delayed that a lot just because of work and in uh, and, your know, life over the last year, but um, I was a constant. Uh, going to the gym working out constantly meeting up with the uh the old boys club type thing you want to call it um right from i guess i started in 2005 and uh went steady all the way through lost a lot of old friends over the time because Mm -hmm. you know it's just the court that's just the way it goes but uh miss them all and uh there was there was a time when i was the young guy and now it's i'm heading into that situation where I'm midway to the older guy and it's an interesting uh, process but uh yes I spend a lot of time there a lot of time at the beach, Wellington Beach okay. and, and do a lot of uh a lot of outdoor activity. Uh, spend a lot of time with family as well. Family gatherings and stuff like that. Yeah. You know. Yeah. yeah,
1: it's funny how quickly that changes. You go from, from one of the youngins to one of Yeah, going, Huh, how did this happen? Oh well
0: I knew it was gonna happen. It was <laughs> obvious. You look around and you know it's you know, time's going by and it's like, Okay, this is a transition time. You go from uh not being a parent to being a parent if you're lucky.
1: Yeah.
0: And then you going from parent to grandparent. And uh, yeah, that's uh it's it's a life experience, a hundred percent.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, so what made you decide to put your name in for city council
0: well I put my name in for city council because of the fact that um I wasn't sure uh 2018 when I ran for mayor there it was a lengthy process and a lot of a lot of time that was put into that after I went through that process I decided that you know there was a four-year period to think about it and um about a year ago, I decided that uh, I was going to step into a council position instead of running for a mayor mayor position. And once I saw Carol Ann Leishman and uh, Maggie Hathaway and Ron Woznow um, step up to the plate for mayor, I thought with my uh, contribution, it would be uh, a perfect fit to get into the council format. Seeing as Maggie and Carol Ann would be out of the out of that format, right. And uh, the dynamic in a democratic process, I believe, is uh, definitely to have a, a variety of people at the, at the table. Yeah. And um, my fit is something of my my experiences that I've had professionally with my uh, work experience and uh, personally, and the knowledge of the city and and the Catet Regional District because of Lund and knowing the... Um, the dynamics of the area i believe i have a lot to contribute and to offer in a positive format for the city of Powell river and even with uh, the name change coming up and uh, having all that in that respect is it's going to be a challenge and you know even with the city it has to be more debated and Compromise on all sides is required for a fair and diplomatic outcome in that democratic process, but um, that's going to be a challenge to do that. Yeah. And I'm looking forward to it. You know, people always ask, uh, "What is it going to be?" Uh, or "Or what is my decision?" or "What?" Let's put it this way: What? How would I want to keep it, the name Powell River or not? Um, am I for a ch- name change? Well, that's open for debate. You know, like I mean, I, I've only known Powell River as Powell River, mm-hmm. right? I grew up with it. Yeah, I didn't know the Powell name as what it meant in history. I just knew it as my beautiful city that I loved, and it was named Powell, it's named Powell River. So that's why it's such an important thing to uh, debate and and have compromise and make the right decision for what the name should be. Right, and. Uh, I know I sort of went off track there. There's so no, much to talk okay, about, but the isn't. thing is there's lots to, lots to talk about, right? Yeah. And, there's lo- and there's so much that's to do, and as I said, I've got the time to do it. I've, I've set myself up professionally, once elected counsellor, that I'll put it 100% into it. There won't be any, any variance as far as I'm being, there right. won't be any distractions. It'll be full-on commitment.
1: It's actually good that you went that way, because my next question actually was, what issues are top of mind for you oh, as see. we go into the election? So clearly the name change is one. Yes. Uh, what else is, is on your, uh, your radar, oh, so to speak?
0: Well, the number one situation is my main concern for the city is a new emergency services building that is twenty six so 26 years overdue. Mm-hmm. The current fire hall was a temporary building that was highly recommended for replacement in 1996. You know, in 2018, I talked to uh, Mr. Swanson. We were sitting in the fire hall talking about, uh, like, talking to Rocky about what would happen if there was a seismic event that was around uh, a seven. And he looked at me and he, and he basically said, yeah, this would just be crumbled. Yeah. Because it is not seismic built whatsoever. And that's as well to go as I be- believe with the ambulance station as well so it's one of those situations that that with myself I've I've been a first responder in my in my experience as a first responder it was 36 years that I've held the ticket doing that as well through all the different types of work that I've done and that is something that has made me so concerned about the possibility of a earthquake happening here which could be we could be sitting here right now and it could happen right absolutely yeah and it's one of those things that's um, a structure failure would be catastrophic for our emergency services response if it happened right now it would be something that would if we don't have emergency services which are already at a, a crucial state because of the demand that they're under they need a building that's which as as it is isn't Configured for anything other than the fact that it needs to be changed, yeah. and uh, what the situation is is with this seven point five million dollar referendum uh, question, uh, Terry, I heard Terry Peters on the radio uh, talking to Bobby Fields, and he said that uh, something to the effect of uh, two point something million was would have been what it would have cost before it inflated up to seven point five, and that's just the start. And that was the two point something figure was just a few a few years ago, and I believe if th- council was really serious about it, and when I ran for council in um two thousand and eleven, I brought this up at that time as well a mm. concern about the fire hall, yeah, and uh, about how it need the need for it to be changed and after all that time, like even from 1996 to 2011, but now it's 2011 to 2022, that's another 11 years that have gone by where nothing's happened. It's just been a lot of talk, and now there's no money set aside. Yeah. Over all those years, I know it's like looking back, you can't change, th- change the past. But the thing is, there could have been some form of fund that could have been money put aside. Right. So we wouldn't be in the situation that we're in now, mm-hmm. where it's like a blank situation where we need a loan, and we're asking the taxpayers for this. Okay, here we are. We have to have it done, and this is the way it is. And I'm, I'm, 100% hopeful that the decision will be made that we, that the people will vote yes because we we need it. There isn't, there is no. If if Sans or butts about that, it's something that is a hundred percent necessity. Everyone needs emergency services somewhere along in their lives. You know, you don't want to see your house burning down because there's no fire truck that's going to show up because your gas line is sep- severed from a from an earthquake. You know, like it's a pretty pretty simple. It's complicated, but it's simple. But if you know what I mean, yes. It's, we've complicated we've complicated it now, where it shouldn't have been in this complicated situation that we're in now. It could have been dealt with a lot a lot better. Right. And I'm not pointing fingers. It's just about I know with things happening in in the city. There's always things that come up, things that need to be dealt with with council, um, current events, things that are un- unforeseen that are constantly coming. Getting it from all angles, mm-hmm. but something like that is so important. And uh, I'm just hoping that we can get this to resolve and get this new building up as soon as possible.
1: Okay. What else is on your radar?
0: The situation with the the waterworks and the the streets, the paving. Our are roadways are a mess. But the thing is, there's a there's a reason that some of the roads, I believe, haven't been haven't been paved properly is because of the infrastructure under the roads Mm -hmm. um we still have a lot of old infrastructure that needs to be replaced and that's another cost yeah but it's a necessity with all these buildings that are being built and all this new construction it's sort of like we're we're what, what do you call it the cart in front of the horse a lot a lot of in that respect there's there's something that needs to be done before you do something else you know and the thing is, that is a big thing. It's a big cost, and it's not being ignored, but it hasn't been expedited to a degree where it should be dealt with. But once again, it has to deal with, with money. And yeah. uh, that's where we're at. It's about a money issue, mm-hmm. huge. But these things have to be done. And um, it's one of those things with the uh, waterworks and city plumbing. It is in dire straits, uh, and basically, our city requires upgrades that are, that are non negotiable. Uh, they're of an utmost importance and necessity for the basic needs of our community. Um, elder care hospice is another very large undertaking of support that our city is, should be readily prepared for for our aging population. Um, the Hospice Society doesn't get m- much. Uh, contributions by the governments its they're basically by donation if you look it up you'll you can see that I was quite surprised to see that that was the case but that is what the situation is the more people that are aging and our population is aging we're in a situation now where it's already in a a bit of a crisis to say the least and um, it's just going to get more tough so that's going to be something that's that'll have to be addressed yeah within in the next four years here as well there's no doubt about it
1: so i was curious something people don't think about a lot i think is often when you get that variety of people at the table that we hope we get at the table because all those perspectives and strengths expertise that people have through life through varying walks are very helpful around any sort of table but often what arises is conflict of course. So, what what is your way of dealing with conflict if it arises?
0: Well, with my experiences with arbitration and working as a, I was a chairman of the safety committee for uh, International Forest Forest Products uh, in the '90s, and um, mm-hmm. negotiation has been um, something that I've trained in, and I've also uh, with people skills and dealing with uh, different types of. Adapting to different types of individuals is something that I am able to do. To resolve a conflict situation, I believe there's definitely my ability to be able to settle things down if things got to that situation and not help inflame it. Mm -hmm. There's time to speak and there's time to think before you speak. And And that's something that's very important. And sometimes... When you get hot under the collar, which people do yeah. because of maybe being bombarded by the same thing over and over again, and uh, and uh, even a, any professional can get very upset. Yeah. You know, we're, we're human beings, right? Absolutely. But the thing is, is to keep a professional stature and to keep a, a cool head at all times, and to agree to disagree that old saying but it's very true mm. but the format of having a round table and having the democratic process it goes back all the way back to greece it's very important to have the bricklayer to have the doctor to have the lawyer to have all these different people at the table to give their piece of their information to make our city uh a dynamic where everybody has a sh- a or an interest in the city's situation and and following through with things that need to be done properly. The aristocracy of a situation that can happen in a democracy is something that's so important to not get into, uh, to get to. I mean, democracy is too easy to be taken advantage of. And people have to remember that democracy takes true understanding and true um, honesty that's something that I truly believe in, is to keep dem- democracy democratic and keep aristocracy out of it. Uh, sometimes when there's too much money on one end and there's not enough on the other and, there's, and the interests change, there, there tends to be a bit of a power struggle. And we, that's something that isn't necessary in a municipal format. It has to be a level table at all times, and that is democracy.
1: Okay. Thank you. Another thing was our youth aren't able to vote, but they are an important part of the community. Oh, yes. So uh, we have little for them to do outside of sports, arts, and outdoor activities, and many teens and young adults are into those things. Do you have any ideas of ways we can address the lack of spaces for teens and young adults to hang out and be better supported?
0: Well, 100%. um, For one thing, uh, for the youth to get out the ones that are 18 and over older to get out and vote for one thing just to, to mention that first and foremost is whoever you want to vote for whether it be myself or anyone else or someone else but just step up and and get get that interest to to be a part of it even to be a part of the uh electorate at one day but you're saying that there's not enough for them to do in Powell River. you're asking me that question yeah, right? yeah. Um, like right
1: now, really, if they're not into arts, sports, or the outdoors, yes. which I mean is many aren't, yes. then they're partying at Second Beach because exactly. there's nothing else really to do on right. a weekend.
0: Well, I I believe that there should be definitely uh, more avenues for them to do more recreation and like, may, may not be physical recreation, but uh, places to hang out, even up like a, to. Play pool um, the old uh, you know do do it in that respect where you can get out and and uh, do do things other than the exercise part of it but to, to still congregate without the drinking part of it mm-hmm. have uh, more entertainment for them have uh, for music videos have uh, drive in theater this is what I talked to Eric Blaney about in um, SLAM or, or, or Tiananmen Nation uh, a few years ago because there used to be a, a drive-in there and there's still a spot there where there was the drive-in yeah. and um, that would be something that would be good for them to do on a, on a weekend night as if we got something like that going again. Yeah, um, that's, a, that's a good question and it's something that's really hard to answer to tell you the truth because um, that's another thing that would need input from from the youth. And um, to have them give them an opportunity to let the council know what their interests are and be able to debate that. I know there's a student youth council that's that's been established for many years, but um, I believe that they should have a say in it. And that's where it goes back to even at 18 years old to be able to, to vote, to step up. And do that, and become be more interested in, in the city in that respect, and give uh, give their input, and for council to be able to have that avenue open for them. Right. Yeah. As far as what can be done, there's lots. It's just about getting the ideas and putting it on the table and um, and, and talking about it. Right. And the ideas that should be there are what the students want. And and I'm sure the students have their, what their plans would be like or what they would like to have. I would love to hear it.
1: Awesome. Because there is a lot, definitely a lot of emphasis put on seniors. Um, yes. And people of voting age. But there's yeah. definitely a demographic of young people that generally kind of go under the radar. Exactly. And, and actually, that's where that question came from, is I asked some youth, what question would you ask? Okay. Okay. Uh, prospective counselors and they said there's nothing for us to do here okay unless i'm into arts and sports and i'm in dance or something like that when it's friday night even the mall's not open till nine anymore exactly like, there's just there's just nothing that, so then there's goes, nothing yeah
0: You yeah. got it you know um so they're just, making their
1: own fun and sometimes we're not happy with it <laughs> well a hundred
0: percent the um yeah, like when 2018, I, that was I brought that up. If you look back on my uh, my agenda and my my mandate from then, it's you know once it's on online, it's there forever. Right. Um, I did bring that up at that time as well about the youth yeah. and getting out to vote, but also to be engaged. And uh, it would be so awesome to back some of the old old stuff like even pinball machines yeah you know there's there're a lot of fun I love playing pinball having a pinball a place to do that and you, you'd be surprised that the you know to get away from the uh, the screen and do something that's it's still sort of a physical thing but just get some of the old nostalgic stuff back yeah and that would even um maybe even bring some of the parents and the kids together that maybe not be getting along because of the teenage parent thing who knows like okay. uh, there's different ideas right but absolutely but yeah. there's um as a, as i said there's the the thing is is to get it out there and have have them write it down or speak their mind and don't and don't be shy yeah. you know like i mean i'm all ears uh, I'll, I'll i'd be there to listen you know i've i've brought up five kids, and they still talk to me, so I must be doing <laughs> something right.
1: <laughs> That's always a good sign. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> have you read the 94 Calls to Action put out by the Truth and Reconciliation Commission of Canada? And how do you think our city is doing with regard to Truth and Reconciliation?
0: The 94 Calls, Truth re- Reconciliation, I have to admit I haven't read them all, to to, to be honest. I've been aware of of what... The whole situation is and what is going on and could you repeat the 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 question again
1: i'm just (coughs) wondering how you think the city is doing with regard to truth and reconciliation
0: they're doing their best they can um as far as what i've been seeing um with with the communication that they at, at a municipal level they're doing the best they can because it's still sort of baby steps that are happening in this respect and the um with the Hagus and the talking talking to the the uh the first nations has to be in connect combination with the provincial and federal government and that's where the municipal level is sort of tied or, or they're they're limited to certain actions that they can do, in, in the process of the reconciliation, because of the fact of the uh, government involvement, where they they can only go so far in certain degrees. Mm-hmm. And uh, as time goes by, I believe that we will have a a, a community here where everybody will be at it, will be happy with it, the First Nations as well as. As well as the city, because we are all in the Catet region. Um, the city is part of the Catet region mm-hmm. already. Like, like it's we're under this whole umbrella. Yeah. A lot of people think that the that the, the city is a separate entity, and no, it's not. We are the Catet region, and that's where um, you know um, being more educated, including myself, on '94. Um, topics and and to to be addressing every single thing that can be possibly addressed at a municipal level is is what council is trying to do but I think there's too many things at this time and at this coming up to the election everything's been delayed to the next council so the last little while I don't think there hasn't been much happening but I think the majority of the council has done the best they can. Um, I'm not going to say any <clears throat> names <laughs> because it's not, uh, wouldn't be fair, but there's some that have done more than others. Right. There's no doubt about that. And um, with myself, I'm 100% on board to uh, communicate and, uh, and give my whole. My whole time and effort that I possibly can to uh, assist with the process.
1: One major concern of many electors is rising taxes. Yes. Uh, do you have any ideas on how taxation can be held without cutting current services?
0: Well, that's something <laughs> that uh, obviously can't be held. And you know, it's uh, it, as you say. There's a saying that that I go by. It's uh, you can tell. Somebody a lie that they love or a truth that they hate, you know, then that's basically it. You can you can talk around something and uh, and s- try to make it sound better than what the outcome will be. Thing is, it's all about what we, we need in the city, and basically the taxation level will go up because of the fact that of what is needed. And number one is a seven point five million dollar loan over a long period of time and uh, it's a hard so-called pill to swallow they call they say the thing is I know a lot of people aren't gonna like this the thing is it's the truth though the only way things can get done is by financially getting things done Um, you can get bids you can get things done on a through the process but in the end it's money and taxes I believe i don't think can stay at a at this at the level that they're at that's just being brutally honest Mm -hmm. and if anybody else that is running for council says it otherwise i i'd like to see how that how they they can um make that happen in their in their ideals because uh we just have way too many things that need to be done that's fair yes
1: the next question I had for you was the proposed spending on the new emergency services center, and we've oh, already covered that. Okay, yes, so yes. I'm not yes. going to ask you about that. So the other topic I was going to ask about was crime. Yes. That is a big issue in the Huge. community right now. Do you have any ideas on how council could be contributing An- to making that better?
0: Well, that's where a new council is necessary with a new dynamic with different people on board to maybe have a fresher outlook on this situation because crime is at hand it's like that i saw in the news in vancouver for instance it's it's totally totally out of sideways and we have our share and it's not getting better it's getting worse just like everywhere else and um, due to the economy and due to Mental health situation, There's there are, thing, there are things that need to be taken care of. And I believe that a, a big, gigantic portion of this crime element is mental health issues. It's people with, with mental health issues to, to begin with that are beyond their control. And there's people that have created their own mental health issue due to what they've been taking as far as drugs and alcohol. It's a combined situation that is um, a very, very dangerous situation to be in, and we as a community, it takes a community to take take care of the situation, and a, and a leadership to make sure that we can get a handle on this and take care of it because it has to be taken care of. The RCMP are doing the best they can. The first responders, hats off to all all emergency services for what they've been having to go through and as far as leadership and as far as the council goes we need to take immediate action on dealing with this there's no doubt about it how how to go about it well you can look at other places other towns other cities where things have worked you can take bits and pieces of the successes and combine that with what we have here and uh and fix the fix the problems they can't be fixed immediately but the thing is we can fix it but it takes people to step up and do it yeah and and help right there's a lot of people that talk about it but the thing is that you have to you have to actually physically do it and it's hard and it's uh it's about supporting families and it all starts at home you know, uh, people lose lose their way as parents. Children go out, as you were saying. They have nothing better to do and get into trouble. And that's a stepping stone into the next level of drugs and, al- drugs and alcohol or the partying. I'm not saying that, that that's where everybody goes, but that's a, a major problem as well as far as, you know, bad influencers that are out there people that are just waiting to, to influence people the wrong way, the younger people yeah. and older people. And it's, it's a full spectrum, and uh, it needs to be dealt with. We, we have a lot to work, work with, but I believe that we can take care of it, and it needs to be taken care of. Thank you. Thanks.
1: Affordable housing. Yes. That's another big issue locally especially with the closure of the mill and that loss of jobs that came with that. Power River generally doesn't have a lot of high-paying positions anymore. Housing has just gone off the rocker.
0: (laughs) It has. It's totally crazy. Yeah. Um, Do you
1: see a way that council could could help with that in some way?
0: Dialogue with the provincial and federal government, with provincially, like with Nicholas Simons, uh, Rachel Blaney, which is... Ongoing, of course, the thing is the animal of of Real estate and how the market fluctuates is beyond the control of It seems to be beyond the control of a government body, which doesn't make sense because of the facts that It seems to take on its own thing. We should not be where we're at right now,
1: right?
0: Um, we have there's there's lots of land in in this country of ours, we shouldn't be where we're at. You see that there's all these jobs that are available and people aren't taking them because they can't afford to work, because they're not getting anywhere. What's what's the, the incentive is isn't there because the money that you make, you work even two jobs, three jobs, whether it's a union job or a non union job, you still can't afford to buy a home. Right. I have family members that are in that situation. And um, yes, uh, is there a magic answer to that question? No. The thing is, that's where sitting around the table and having everyone communicate as a, as a quorum, as a group, to solve these issues. One person can't do it. It takes a group, and it takes a good group of people yeah. and people that are committed and they're for the right reasons to make these things work. And yes, we need more homes. We need more more homes for everyone because that is another thing that is non-negotiable. We have to change this. And it has to, it has to change. It isn't an option.
1: So is there anything else you'd like to fit in to the next two minutes?
0: <laughs> I am on LinkedIn. You can, look, you can look me up under Captain Glenn Holstein because I... I've put that under because of the fact that I have my master's 60-ton. but um, I just I just wanted to let the community know that you know I'm I'm in this for all the right reasons, and I uh, I really care about the city and the region, and I have a lot of friends here, old friends, friends that have passed on that I miss uh, dear, dearly, that I grew up with here. I'm doing this for for the, all the right reasons to make sh- to give my part to the city and to the to the region and to um be able to do it while i have to the the time to while i'm still at the age to be able to uh to, to give right yeah and um it's all positive reinforcement it's all about positive results and that's exactly why i'm here talking right now it's nothing more than just the love of this community And I love this city. Awesome. Yeah.
1: Well, thank you so much for taking the time to come today and chat with me.
0: Well, thank you for having me.
1: And that concludes today's episode with Glenn Holstein. I'd like to thank Glenn for taking the time to join me on the podcast and let voters get to know him just a little bit better. Please join me for my next episode, which will cover an interview with Mr. Luke Hollabuck. Thanks for listening. Until next time, this is Aaron Reed.
0: Thank you for listening to Coastal Currents with Aaron Reed. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. For more interviews, visit CoastalCurrents.ca or follow us on Facebook at Coastal Currents with Aaron Reed. Thanks again for listening.